When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I still don't know how it's Wednesday, but time is flying, and it's pretty hard to keep track of time if you're me, but happy hump day as we continue uh, looking ahead to the draft and talking about the biggest questions for the Bengals coming out of free agency, which I think we put a bow on on Tuesday as we keep looking forward and not looking back. Welcome into another off-season edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad and Andrew Gillis tag-teaming forces once again. And Andrew, we talked so much about Orlando Brown, uh, what he brings to the Bengals, what that means for the offensive line. We also talked a lot about Jonah Williams after he put in uh, the trade request that he put in last week through his agent. Um, And I wanted to revisit that today because – you know, uh, apparently, according to uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, uh, the Bengals are entertaining uh, trade options for Jonah Williams as far as, like, what other teams are interested in. Um, he wasn't specific as to who or what that looked like, but we can say with certainty that the Bengals are obviously open to this. You know, the leverage, you know, as we've established, is in their situation where they could tell Jonah, accept your fate and play right tackle, or, you know, you sit out and lose $12.6 million, or... They could say, okay, we don't want to deal with Jonah. Let's do what we did with Billy Price and either pull a BJ Hill and or get some draft capital. So this is where I think I was saying last week, uh, I misstated this as a win-win for the Bengals. It's not that it's a win-win, but the Bengals have all the leverage in their court with a deal like the Orlando Brown one. But what I wanted to ask you to kind of pick your brain on is if you're the Bengals, if you're Duke Tobin and, you know, you're looking at these trade offers from Joe Schmo with the Chicago Bears or whatever team, you know, what are some options you think that would work for the Bengals? Uh, and how seriously do you think they should entertain any trade offers? Well, you know, it's it's a hard conversation, um, you know, because I think you you can kind of look at at trades that have been made in the past for 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 linemen frankly and you know but you could also look at receiver and say you know hey how come this guy only got this and this guy only got that like player players getting traded in the nfl i think kind of people sometimes always look at it and say oh well you know he's a starter on this team i want a first round pick that that's not the way it works i think you know people sometimes kind of get this inflated sense of frankly, their own guys, the own guys that they watch and the own guys that they root for or whatever. And, and they think that they're, they're worth a little bit more. So, you know, I think if, if you're the Bengals, you have to seriously do entertain it because, you know, if, if you've got a guy who's entering a contract year who has requested a trade, who you can pres- I mean, you, you've replaced him essentially on the offensive line. If he wants to play left tackle somewhere, it's not going to be in Cincinnati. So, you know, you've, you've kind of put it, you've kind of looked at this as a, you know, as I guess an hourglass situation where, where time is running down on, on Jonah Williams's tenure in Cincinnati if he doesn't want to play right tackle in the short or the long term. So I think you absolutely have to consider it. 
Um, you can look at some kind of options that you could try. I don't see, you know, Jonah Williams for, you know, a tight end. I, player for player trades are, are really hard to pull off and they're kind of rare. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there's some, you know, there's some difficulties with that. So I think right now, you know, if you can get a, a third round pick, something like that, I think you're, I think you have to consider that, um, you know, it's not necessarily the easiest trade in the world to make considering that you want to win the Super Bowl this year and Jonah Williams would help you try to win the Super Bowl this year. But again, I, I think that it's just, you know, it, it's a, it's not a good situation for, for anybody. And, um, you know, it's, if you can pull it off, you have to, you have to entertain it just because, he's probably going to leave in a year anyway. Yeah, and I think, you know, I love how you used the word hourglass. That's exactly what this is with Jonah Williams because let's say the Orlando Brown move doesn't happen or it does and he's okay with being right tackle. I mean, I don't see the Bengals extending him unless he just has like a middle finger in your face, prove it year to all his doubters. Like I don't don't see the Bengals – sticking with him, whether it's at left tackle or right tackle beyond 2023. Um, and it's not an, it's not a great situation. Although the Bengals have leverage, like they don't want to have to have leverage in this situation because they shouldn't, you know, want to be in a situation to begin with. I don't think any team, you know, is happy that, you know, their team, you know, the one of their players doesn't want to be there. Like it just, it creates an extra problem on top of the mountain of things that, you know, the front office has to deal with, with the draft coming up and filling other needs with guys like Hayden Hurst being gone because you're still without a tight end, technically, unless you count Devin Asiasi. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of questions that the Bengals have to answer going into the draft. And unfortunately for them, this is uh, another one that's going to be a lot. But you also mentioned that, you know, you – and I think you were just kind of predicting here that if, like, you're going to trade for draft capital, you said a third-round pick. Why specifically I, I a third-round it- pick? Well, I think a third round pick would be would be really really good value for you because uh, I'm I'm not sure frankly what what you would get um, for for Jonah Williams. I, I'm not sure you know when when you have a player who requests a trade and you know a player wants out, you know it's sometimes it can be a little difficult to make a trade. Um, you know, especially at this point in, in free agency where you know hey you're looking around and and teams have you know teams have filled some needs that they would, that they would have, or they have spent the cap space that they would have uh, originally to, to do that. So, you know, I think if you're going to get a pick, especially if you want it to be this year, um, you know, you, you can kind of map out the future for the Bengals here. And in 2024, I believe as of now, they're still projected to have uh, three comp picks. So, you know, they had every single one of their own picks. I think it was like, it was a third for Jesse Bates, uh, seventh or say like, but so two late round picks, but anyway, one, one you, for P Ryan, one for some, yeah, P Ryan, it was P Ryan and uh, Von Bell or Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst or Von Bell, one of the two. So you're, but anyway, you're, you're getting three comp picks next year, at least as of now, um, uh, you might have to cancel one of those out, but either way you're, you're talking about eight, nine picks that you're going to have, um, you know, cause the Orlando Brown signing, you're talking about eight or nine picks that you're going to have next year. So I'm not sure if you, you could definitely get a, like a higher 2024 pick, but you obviously want that draft pick to help you in 2023. So, I mean, I just think that, you know, teams are kind of aware of the situation. Teams are not stupid. 
you know, teams are, you know, there are going to be a lot of teams out there that would say, you know, why would we trade for a guy, especially if it's a team that, you know, that really isn't contending in this year, you know, Hey, why would we trade for this guy for a year and then risk losing him? You know, you worry about that. Why would we pay an asset for him when we can just have him in a year? There's all these kind of things going on. So I think that if you get a third from anybody, I think you have to really, really consider that. Um, you know, but I, I think even if it's a, a fourth and a con- with a condition on it, uh, I think yeah. that's kind of going to be the the market for him. Yeah, if it's not a third this year, I could see it being a conditional fourth for next year. That could obviously change into uh, a third round option, like you said. Which you know, I think the Bengals would ideally want something now because you want to win the Super Bowl now, not in the twenty twenty four season. I mean, that'd be great too. But like, they want to win here and now, and that's where. You know, they're not just going to go off flimsy like, yeah, we can barter or do whatever. You know, like, because that's the thing. Like, whatever they're going to do – and again, I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, business as usual. They didn't take things seriously before Joe Burrow. But the moves have just been so much more calculated, you know, with the Joe Burrow era. And it has to be even more calculated. Like, I say even more because you're in the Joe Burrow – I keep saying this and I'm going to keep saying it, the Joe Burrow contract extension era. So if you're going to trade for Jonah Williams, whether it's a third rounder this year, a conditional fourth next year, you got to know that whatever that's going to be is within your ballpark of, okay, we know exactly what we're going to do if we get X and Y pick. Um, but beyond options though, like wh- what are some teams that you think could and should reach out to the Bengals and say, Hey, you know, we're interested in Jonah Williams. We need a left tackle. I mean, I mentioned some names last week based on cap space, but whether it's cap space or need, um, who, who do you think should entertain, you know, the idea of trading for Jonah Williams outside of Cincinnati? Yeah, you know, I, I think, well, I, I don't know if it's who should entertain training for Jonah Williams. I think it's it's more of, you know, where do the Bengals want to send him? Um, so, sure. you know, when I, when I kind of did this exercise, I looked at, at NFC teams, um, you know, the commanders, were were one of the first ones um, that that came up. You know, they just signed Andrew Wiley to play right tackle, but you know, I think they could use an upgrade at left tackle. They're a team. You know, they, there's a lot going on there, and, and, and like they're you know one of the craziest teams in the league in terms of just kind of off the field storylines. So you know, they might have to win and to to kind of save some jobs here with with kind of the ownership stuff going on. So. You're, you're looking at a team that wants to win and they could use an upgrade at left tackle for their young quarterback, Sam Howell. You know, they strike me as an option. Um, you know, the Buccaneers just moved on from from Donovan Smith at left tackle. Uh, so that that's another move that I think you could make. Um, you know, they have, you know, who, who knows what's going on in Tampa? You know, they just got Baker Mayfield. Um, there, there's there's going to be some some chaos there, I think, without Tom Brady. Uh, but, you know, adding Jonah Williams would, I think, help kind of solidify whatever you're going to do at quarterback. Um, you know, I also look at the Chicago Bears. Uh, you have a young quarterback who at some times was kind of running for his life. Uh, you're going to need some you're going to need some help there. And I think that you could really kind of make a case that, you know, hey, if you spend a mid-round pick on Jonah Williams, you just added DJ Moore. You added Chase Claypool last offseason. You know, maybe you draft another receiver in the in the second round or the first round. You might be cooking with something in Chicago. I think if you get another offensive lineman, um, the one that I think is interesting, uh, and this is the last team that I kind of circled. Uh, it, it is it's interesting for a couple different reasons. Uh, the 49ers. Um, Jonah Williams really? has requested a trade, so we don't know what 
we don't know what the you know what the trade request was kind of centered upon. Was it you know hey I feel we haven't because we haven't talked to Jonah Williams, so I I, I don't want to speculate too much um, just because we don't know. Um, but if the trade request was not based on you know wanting to play left tackle only, like if it was kind of whether it was disrespect, I don't know, but he would have to play right tackle in San Francisco is, is kind of my point of this because you're not moving Trent Williams away from left tackle. You know, Trent Williams is, is an elite left tackle, a hall of fame left tackle. Oh yeah. And you've got, if you can add Jonah Williams to the right side, uh, you're feeling pretty good. You just lost McGlinchey in free agency. Um, you know, I think that adding Jonah Williams to that offensive line would, I mean, again, another team with, with kind of quarterback questions, is it Brock Purdy? Is it Trey Lance? I mean, they just signed Sam Darnold. I don't think it's going to be Sam Darnold, but I mean, who knows? They just were down to their sixth quarterback or whatever it was in the NFC championship game. So yeah, I, I think that those are some teams. If you're the Bengals, you, you know, you, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to trade him to, you know, a team that could use the tackle like the chiefs. Um, you know, I, I think I saw the Patriots were in the market for a tackle. You know, there, there are things that you, you're going to try and shy away from if, if you're set on moving him, you know, you don't want to have to play him in uh, in the playoffs or, or kind of see see that come around to you, kind of help out another team in your division in your conference. So, um, yep, I think I think some of, some of those NFC NFC teams would be uh, would be who I would have my eye on if I I mean if I were those teams and then if I were the Bengals. Yep, no, I, I like how you mentioned that because like if you're gonna trade away Joe. Don't let it come back to bite you. Like, you know, they say, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like, all right, if you're going because that, that has happened uh, before, you know, many times in the NFL where you trade a guy away and it's like, good God, what did we do to ourselves? Chicago was like the name that I really kept thinking about just because like, I mean, you know, they have been making so many moves, just trading the number one pick, you know, getting those linebackers, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, like, yeah, they are just working uh, in Chicago, and so I would not be shocked if, like, they tried to make a move and if the Bengals looked at it and said, yeah, you know, Justin Fields could use somebody. Because I'm sure they're looking at Justin Fields like, hey, we know what it's like to have a quarterback getting chased around for his life because we've had that happen for the last three years. So they're going to look at that and say, okay, so you guys are really serious about booking up for uh, Justin Fields because so are we. Uh, that's definitely – yeah, I, I think those are all good options. And you mentioned Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield, which – by the way, I know it's kind of a tangent, but like, did, did you watch his press conference when he got introduced in Tampa Bay? No, no, I did not. Did you at least see a picture of him with the Buccaneers backdrop? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. It just it felt so weird. Like, cause what this is his third team in less than a year, unless you count his time in Cleveland. That's four teams in a year. Like at this time last year. He was still with the Cleveland Browns, and I don't know if this was when they got Deshaun Watson yet, but, man, to go from Cleveland to Carolina to L.A. to Tampa Bay in a year? Like, man, honestly, if, if, if he, you know, he signed the approve-it deal, like, what, one year, eight and a half million dollars? Who knows, man? I mean, he's not going to fill the GOAT's shoes, but if he can, like, be competitive next year, he might have found a new home. I mean, maybe the Buccaneers might have found something with Baker, so we'll see, but... uh I was just thinking about that a lot. I, I don't know why. When you brought up Baker Mayfield, I was like, I have to bring this up. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, other predictions for what the Bengals should do at pick number 28. Some of the best names uh, who fit that pick at this point in time. 
what that means and why, plus much more to come right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. And if you still don't know what Cincinnati Football Insider is, listen up. It's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the podcast and the reporters who cover the team. Here's how it works. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. And it's the inside scoop on what we're hearing. And we're giving you the inside word before it even hits social media. If you join Cincinnati Football Insider, you get to participate on the podcast and you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of social media for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Just try it for two weeks. And if you don't like it, you can text the word stop at any time. But you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. So here's how you get on board. Text 513-940-4193 or go to cleveland.com slash Bengals and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. It's a great time to join as we're covering the NFL draft, OTAs, mini camps, and much more to come later this year. So give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text again the number 513-940-4193. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we did our rankings the other day on what are the most important positions of need for the Bengals from most important to least important. Um, but with that, you know, whether we agreed that the most important was defensive end or offensive tackle, I, th- I guess you said defensive line, I said tight end. I think that's what we had as our top uh, positions of priority for pick number 28 out of our six, seven positions of need. But, you know, Andrew, whether it's D-line, tight end, you know, it could even be running back. Like, who are five guys were like, no matter what position they play, no matter who they are, like, these are five guys that you absolutely would be okay with if the Bengals picked them at number 28 next month. Yeah, um, you know, I, I kind of looked at, at some mock drafts and, and tried to see kind of where where the lay of the land was and, and kind of where some guys were going to fall. And, and, and sometimes it's still all over the place. Uh, you know, one of the guys I was looking at, uh, you know, one of the teams or one of the, you know, a few mock drafts I had saw him going 17th. A few saw a few had him going 35th. So, you know, there, there's there's kind of a lot of variance here. Um, so, you know, I want to make that clear before I do this, but, you know, the first two guys on, on my list, I think are, are pretty basic. Everybody knows these guys, uh, Dewan Jones at right tackle. Uh, and then the same thing for, for Darnell, Wright. Uh, you know, th- those two guys, they would make it easier to, to move on from a Jonah Williams. You know, if you can kind of parlay, I mean, would you, I mean, it's basically like, would you trade Jonah Williams for, you know, I don't know, Dewan Jones and and a fourth round Jonah or excuse me, would you trade Jonah Williams and a first for Dewan Jones and a fourth? I mean, I, it's a it's a tough co- it's a tough question because you're going to get you know four or five years of a rookie deal. It I don't know. Um, you know, you guarantee yourself some stability. You know, if you draft a first round offensive tackle or even a, a start, if you draft your starting right tackle in this year's class, your left and right tackle are going to be under contract for the same amount of time. You're going to have four years minimum of, of that tandem. So I think that that's enticing. Um, you know, if, I mean, like I, like, I know this isn't a reason to do it. This is just a personal thing that I would think. Uh, drafting Dewan Jones would be hilarious because Dewan Jones measured at six foot eight and 374 pounds. Uh, you've got Orlando Brown, who's six foot eight and like 350, 60 something pounds. 
you've got Cordell Volson at left guard, who's like six foot seven and like three twenty. So, I mean, honestly, like that, that's amazing. Uh, so that just means you have to draft a running back like Deuce Vaughn or, or Devin A. Chain or somebody like that in the draft, uh, because those guys would be just. I mean, watching a five foot seven or a five foot five running back run behind those guys would be amazing. Um, but so those are the two tackles, you know, that I would kind of that I would kind of envision would be around at that time uh, that you could kind of take a look at. Uh, running back Bijan Robinson's next on my list. I, the only reason I included him is because if he's there. I mean, it depends what the board looks like, obviously, but I can't imagine that there's going to be a ton of guys that are, you know, super enticing or at least more enticing than Bijan at that point. I mean, if you draft Bijan, you have a, a bona fide number one. Okay, this is our three down back from day one. Joe Mixon, take a seat guy. You know, Bijan is is a really, really, really elite running back. Um, you know, he's not going to have the draft capital that uh you know a guy like saquon did or something like that but you know saquon or zeke but he he's kind of in that mold of a college player so you have to take a long hard look at him uh michael mayer here i think kind of the way that i've seen some of these mock drafts go kincaid and washington seem to be the favorites to be the first two tight ends off the board um so i think mayer kind of fits what you're going to do best he's a pro ready tight end whereas you know, Kincaid, you have to, you know, you have to kind of uh, acclimate him to a number one role, I think. Same with Washington. With with Mayer, you're getting a guy who is a good blocker. He's a good over-the-middle threat. I think he's kind of – I think he just kind of fits what the Bengals would be looking for more than uh, than some other tight ends on that list. And and last is, is kind of an interesting guy I, I've been, you know, keeping my eye on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, he's a defensive lineman out of uh, defensive lineman out of uh, Iowa. Excuse me. He's six foot five, two hundred and seventy two pounds. He's he's an interesting player because you know you can view him as a defensive end, which is what he played at at Iowa. Uh, I also think you know in kind of reading more about him, you know he can play on the interior. You know there are some people who are saying he fits better in a three four as kind of a defensive end. You know, but I think you could really move him if, if you if he adds, you know, 10, 15 pounds, you know, I think you could add him to the inside and kind of add some uh, add some uh, some boost to your pass rush there on the interior. You know, I wrote about it today that I think pass rush was, was their number one need right now in terms of what they need to do the rest of the offseason. You got to find some kind of answer to boost your pass rush and and kind of help you get after the quarterback. So I think Van Ness would do that. Um you know, you know, coming from Iowa, they develop offensive and defensive linemen really well. And I think that if you add him, you know, maybe you get a guy who who can serve as a backup and kind of a specialty player with, you know, with Hendrickson and Hubbard. And, and you know, maybe you move on from Hendrickson after the year. There's a bunch of different options, but I think you can move him inside as well. Those are, all, those are all some good names. <laughs> it was funny when you mentioned Dewan Jones because, like, yeah, he's a big dude. Like you said, what six seven six eight, right? Is that you said how tall he's he six, is? He's six foot eight. So you, you would you would a hundred percent have the biggest offensive line in the league. Yeah, because what Volson's six seven, Brown is six eight. He uh, like you mentioned Jones is six eight. Um, Alex Kappa's six four. Ted Karras is six four. Man, that's and even for a center, like six four is big for a center. Like most centers are like. Six one and six three. So even like Ted Karras is tall for his position. Actually, you no, know, Kappa is not six four. He's taller than that. Even he's like what six six. Kappa. 
Yeah, he's 6'6". Um, six, six. He's 6'6". Six, six. So, wow, he's even six, taller six. than I thought. Good grief, man. That well, Good grief if you're an opposing defensive line because, like, and we could talk more later about how, how much better does this make the Bengals' offensive line, and I actually do want to talk about that later at some point this week. But, no, those are all great names. I even like that you mentioned Van Ness because he was an interesting guy at the Combine. I heard more of his name come up than I heard before the Combine, and it sounds like that's the case after the fact because he did do pretty darn well. Um, but some of the names that I have, some of which you also mentioned, some of which you didn't that I want to add in um, – I want to start with this guy because he's kind of the antithesis to what Lucas Van Ness is, and that's Will McDonald the fourth. Which is funny because you know Lucas Van Ness played at Iowa, McDonald the fourth played at Iowa State. So, Hawkeyes fans, don't come after me, please. I I promise you, I don't have a dog in this fight. But um, you know, he really improved his stock too, much like Van Ness did. Um, You know, he showed up like what I think he had a fever at his. I think last week he had a fever, and then he went to his pro day at Iowa State and had like an 11-foot broad jump, which, I mean, he's not as big as Van Ness. He's 6'4", 240, but that's silly. Like, that is freakish. And, like, you know, his PFF numbers don't stick stick out so much from last year, but, you know, PFF is subjective. You can pick and choose what you want from that. But, I mean, he's top 30 on the PFF rankings. You know, and if you want someone who's kind of like, again, maybe not like you're like a Nolan Smith who like whoever gets that guy is going to be so lucky or you don't want to, you know, you don't get someone who's like a generational guy like a Miles Garrett. You're getting someone kind of in between those two frames who's got somewhere between the size of what Nolan Smith has, who's a little bit more lean. And, you know, Miles Garrett who's like a big just bull who will run you over like McDonald is kind of in the middle of that. And I think that's what would fit that Bengals defensive line with Marion Hobby. So that's one name that comes up. Um, and I think there's a better chance that he'll be more available than Van Ness because, I mean, to Van Ness's credit and not to McDonald's discredit, I think Van Ness will get picked pretty high. But I'd say McDonald, I mean, Mayer speaks for itself. I've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Actually, before I even reveal my other three names, I put him number one out of those five. Um, I mean, there's really, it doesn't matter how you rank those five, but, I mean, for me, if I were to rank it, I'd put Mayer at number one out of those five. Um so yeah, I'd say Mayer, uh, Dalton Kincaid. If you know he doesn't get picked before Mayer does, absolutely put him on your radar for number twenty-eight. Um, people are actually debating if he's better than Mayer. I don't know how I feel about that, but I know he's good enough to where the Bengals should say, "Hey, you know what? He's available. We need a tight end because we don't know what's going to happen with Wilcox and Sample in the next couple of weeks. Other tight ends who are free agents." Might as well go for it. Uh, so those are three names. Uh, I actually did have Dewan Jones too. Um, you pretty much explained it. I mean, like, I think that spoke for itself. That was good analysis. And he had the 13th best PFF blocking numbers uh, amongst all tackles in college football last year. So the numbers, if you want to pick and choose those, those are pretty good too. Um, and I would say Darnell Wright from Tennessee. If you look at a lot of the mock drafts, including what Daniel Jeremiah had on his latest mock draft. Uh, he has the Bengals picking Darnell Wright. Um, I, you know, he's not as much of a project like an Anton Harrison is, and that's kind of why I, I didn't really have Harrison on my list, which, by the way, not that he'd be a bad pick, but if I'm picking the top five best options, I'd rather have Wright over Harrison because Wright doesn't strike me as much of a project because I know I'm contradicting myself when I say, oh, the Bengals can get Harrison and get a project. And I think that's fine now if you still have Jonah Williams and you have someone like Anton Harrison behind him. 
But like, if you don't have Jonah Williams, or even if you do, and Williams is gone after next year, you want a guy who's going to start either in 2024 or in 2023 because either Williams is traded or, God forbid, Williams gets hurt again and you got to start somebody ASAP like they had to do when he got hurt last year, when they put in Jackson Carmen, you know, like with the likes of, you know, Max Sharping. You want somebody who's going to be ready now or within a year, no more than that. Like, and I don't know if you're going to get that with. Uh, and Anton Harrison, but I think you will with a Darnell Wright. So kind of a, a long-winded answer there, but like, do, do you think it, it, we're snubbing Anton Harrison here? Like, do you think there's some honorable mentions that need to be had for that pick? Yeah, I mean, the, certainly honorable mentions. I mean, Anton would be in that group. Um, you know, I would also throw Keely Ringo into that group. You know, he's a corner. Really? But, you know, yeah, I, I think he's a corner. You can never have enough corners in the league. Um, you know, I would throw him into that group. Uh, you know, I think you could also throw Luke Musgrave into that group. Um, if you really want to boost your, your defensive line, Brian Brzee, uh, defensive lineman out of Clemson, um, uh, the Keon White defensive end out of Georgia Tech. There's guys that you can that you can talk about and say, you know, they could make a lot of sense, um, you know, and, and that kind of gets into, I mean, I can't imagine Joey Porter Jr. falls, uh, but if he's there at 28, like, again, uh, you know, there's there's guys like that, you know, that you could kind of talk yourself into and say, like, OK, like if he's here, we really have to give consideration to this guy. Um, so th- there's a, there's a couple different guys. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of names that, uh, you know, you could kind of throw into this honorable mention pile. I don't know, though, but what what if like we kind of talked about these two names yesterday and we talked about the remaining free agents like Eli Apple and Trey Flowers. I don't think Trey Flowers would make as much of an impact as Keely Ringo's not your traditional slot corner, but you know, let's say they do bring back Eli Apple. Do you think that decreases the need for Keely Ringo even more? Well, it would, but I mean, also you got to think like, all right, Chidobe Awuzie is going to be a free agent at this time next year. And like, we don't know the Bengals board. Like, I think it's important to kind of point that out. Like, you know, needs are needs are needs. You know, that's, that's kind of one thing that, you know, kind of goes under discussed, like in terms of, look, yeah, we could use this, we could use that. But if a player, like, let's say you do re-sign Eli Apple and you're like, all right, we got, you know, we got five, six guys that we feel comfortable with. But if you, and then you're like, hey, cornerback is not a quote need, but then what, what if the Bengals have Keely Ringo ranked as 13th, I don't know, on their board? And or they have him, you know, hey, he's he's an elite corner. He's a top end corner. And all of a sudden he's sitting there at 28. Like that's a that's a pick you might have to make, because, again, you you need to take the best player available. Um, You know, you need to kind of fill out. I I mean, obviously, you're here. You know, you might not take a receiver in in the first round if uh, you know, if you have a receiver is the highest on your board. But again, Corner is just one of those positions where, you know, you, you, you never feel bad having a ton of corners and a, and a ton of cornerback depth, uh, especially with kind of new safeties. You know, maybe, um, you know, maybe you get some some help there. So, again, I, I just think with like, exa- you know, use Keeley Ringo as that example where, you know, you might feel good about your cornerback depth going into the draft, but Ringo might be too good to pass up if he's there. You know, that's. I looked at him as more of a second round pick, but this was before the combine, which is why I asked that. Not that I don't think he's good. I mean, heck, whoever gets that guy is going to be lucky. I think he's one of the best corners, 
you know, in this entire draft outside of like the Joey Porter juniors. And actually, no, I'd put him in the same tier, actually, even if I think Porter juniors higher. So yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense at that pick. I just wondered like, well, what if the Bengals bring back Eli or, you know, does that mean you move around some guys? But I mean, it's, it's a good player to have. You can never have enough. Like you said, I mean, Lou always says, Lou and room always says, give me corners and give me rushers. So if Luana Rumo, who, I mean, it's not really his decision at the end of the day. If he has a say, though, he'll say, hey, give me that corner. Give me that corner. I'm, try- I'm trying to get his, his stat and Island accent. I want that corner from Georgia, Keely Ringo. I-, I can't even get it right. I'm sorry, Lou. You're sweet, Lou, for a reason, though. I know you'll forgive me. Um, but, no, I think those are all great options, and I like that you made that honorable mention there. Uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to read something that one of our uh, subscribers on subtext, subtext wrote uh, because I asked on uh, on subtext to our subscribers, you know, what would you want to do with the Bengals? If you're the Bengals, like, what do you do if, you know, you have Williams in this situation where do you trade him? What do you trade him for? And uh, Shaquille from Rutherford to North Carolina said, take the offers, got to pay Joe T, Jamar, and Logan Wilson. We can grab one in the draft. We've been doing good in the draft the past two years, so I trust them to hit it again this year. I'll take a second or third round pick. So what Shaquille is saying is you got to pay other dudes, prioritize them, move on from Jonah. Do you think that like – actually, this, that makes, this makes for a good question. Do you think by trading Jonah Williams and opening up cap space in that situation, could that actually help make a case for extending T. Higgins and or Logan Wilson? This offseason, do you mean, or just in general? Uh, I think he's implying it's this offseason. If you were to trade Jonah and free up that cap space and use that to make other big moves like extensions. Yeah, I I don't know if I would do that right now Um, because, again, like I think the T. Higgins conversation is – I mean, that's a really, really hard conversation to have right now because this is a team that wants to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, look at – I mean – Joe Burrow is going to make a ton of money. And, you know, what if Joe Burrow makes $50 million and Jamar Chase's contract is going to come in at, at 30 or something like that? I mean, are you really going to say, you know, T Higgins wants to make 20? Are you really going to pay your top two receivers and Joe Burrow a hundred million dollars? You know, I, I'm just not sure that, uh, you know, that, that letting Jonah Williams go to another team and by letting, I mean, trading him to another team, um, I, I don't know that if you move on from him, I, I don't know how much that affects, um, you know, for the for the long term. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I think that makes sense because like that, and, and that's if, you know, Joe Burrow gets the 50 million, gets like a record deal, resets the market. If not, then, yeah, maybe like what Shaquille is saying makes sense. But like we just don't know because we don't know what his contract is going to look like. And nobody does. I really don't think literally anybody does except the Bengals front office. But um, then I know you asked our subscribers, Andrew, like to kind of rank the top five needs, you know, uh, on this off season's to-do list. And one thing that Shaquille also added, he's one of our most uh, active subscribers. Shout out to him. You said, I'm going to see what I can get out of Jonah player wise, but if not, give me the picks, but tight end tackle corner running back and pass rush are the most important positions. Might upgrade the pass rush like we, a.k.a. the Bengals, did when they got B.J. Hill for Billy Price. So the thing I would say in response to that, and you can add into this, Andrew, is you well, actually, you already kind of made the point. Like, it's very difficult, and if you're the Bengals, very rare to do player-for-player swaps. 
people like to fantasize and overblow the Billy Price BJ Hill trade, which I'm not saying, oh, BJ Hill's not all that. Like, he's a big reason why they went to the Super Bowl. Like, Ogan Joby goes down in the playoffs. He starts in his place. He picks off Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow ties the game up on a tutty to Jamar Chase. Like, that game could be a lot different if VJ Hill doesn't make that play. I mean, he's absolutely worthy of being considered one of the best players on the Bengals roster. But that just they just got lucky. I think the Bengals realized Billy Price wasn't working. And they knew they needed somebody next to Ogan, Joby, and DJ Reader. And it just happened to work out that the Giants didn't want BJ Hill and the Bengals didn't want Billy Price. Like, it, it's just hard to make these things work. Like, okay, let's say there's a team that really wants Jonah Williams and that team has something the Bengals really want. Like, I don't know, maybe another safety for depth, uh, a cornerback, because we don't know if they're going to keep Eli Apple. Or heck, a tight end. Like, you know, he mentioned tight end. If that's the case, great. That's awesome, and we can look back in that and say, "Oh, the Jonah Williams for X Y Z trade was good." But I mean, what, what what do you what do you say to that, Andrew? Just everything that I said, or is there anything else you want to kind of add to that? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I think that's pretty I, much I it. I, I think I've exhausted my uh, my my thoughts on that issue. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm all square. Yeah, I know for sure. I just want to make sure we address that. But yeah, I mean, look. This is going to be an interesting story to follow. I'd imagine if anything happens, it'd be before the draft because, and again, this is just me assuming. I know I'm somewhat speculating when I say this, but like it would make sense if you're going to get this done before the draft because by that point, like you want to know what your needs are going to be, and it's going to make it easier to decide how flexible you're going to be with that, you know, 20th overall pick. So, just to preface that, but stay with us this week. We're going to compare and contrast. Yes, we're going to compare and contrast how the Bengals did in free agency versus other teams in their division. Um, what went right compared to the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, where they could have done better and why, and just overall grades. And we're going to continue to shaping up uh, what free agency has meant for different position groups across the board for the Bengals. But once again, for myself and Andrew, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Enjoy your hump day and we will see you on the